0: Hello, um, my sharing today is going to get into some issues of sexuality. I encourage adults to read or listen to what is here before sharing with children or youth. I will add that I am working on organizing an open discussion around sexuality once we're able to be together again face-to-face. I'm looking to plan something for the summer. i working with the other pastors um, that might take place after the service uh, where we can find childcare if that is needed. Watch for details in the coming months and feel free to contact me if you have any questions. Um, That said, obviously our format is different. This is my home. Welcome to my home. Um, And the title of the sermon I'm going to be sharing today is called, And Then You Will Know. Um, What is important in life? That is, what really matters. In this time of COVID-19 induced isolation, We have had to ask ourselves some hard questions and make some difficult decisions about how we live, who we interact with, and how we love one another in this world. Uh, What is really important as humans on this earth? Uh, How do we live life abundantly and fully when we daily feel like the walking wounded? I've been thinking a lot lately of what we need as human beings. What do we need to be healthy and happy and whole, um, free from shame and fear? to function in the world in ways that we cause little harm to others or ourselves. And I think um, that this is captured in an exchange here I'm going to share between Pooh and Piglet from the house at Pooh Corner. Piglet sidled up to Pooh from behind. Pooh, he whispered. Yes, Piglet. Nothing, said Piglet, taking Pooh's paw. I just wanted to be sure of you. I just wanted to be sure of you, Piglet tells Pooh as he reaches out to touch him. We need to be sure of ourselves and of one another, and we need to be touched sometimes to ensure our certainty that we are okay. Somehow it seems this is the point God is getting at in our story from Ezekiel. Ezekiel was a prophet who spoke the word of God to God's people in the late 500s BC. The people of Israel had been exiled to Babylon in 597 BC, and there was great confusion and fear among them. Much of Ezekiel's message was one of restoration, a promise of healing for the people who had turned their back on God. He called on the people to see God's glory and return to God. Ezekiel often used language of moving away from sin and toward holiness. One of the recurring messages from Ezekiel throughout the book is that God will be known. They will know that I am God is the refrain. God wants us to be sure of who God is. How does the story go? So in a vision, God takes Ezekiel to a valley and sits him down. And there Ezekiel realizes that he is surrounded by bones, dry, dead bones. And God asks Ezekiel, can these bones live? Ezekiel responds, only you know God. So God tells Ezekiel to prophesy over the bones, to breathe life into what is dead. And Ezekiel does, as he is told, and calls on the four winds, and the winds come and breathe life into the bones, and they come alive. The bones, God explains, represents the house of Israel, which were dead and hopeless, but God promises in this vision to bring life to God's people. I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you on your own soil, and then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and will act says the Lord. Or perhaps God said, and then you will be sure of me. At our simplest, at our most naked, it seems to me we mostly just want to be sure of ourselves and others in the world. We want to be known and loved by God and by each other. We even want to know and love others. You are known and loved by God is our CMCL mantra, right? And in our story today, God wants us to know God is God. They will know that I am God, the text says. But how? How can we be sure of God? I can't tell you how this works for you, but I can tell you how it works in my mind. To know God is God is to know that I am created in God's image, That all human beings are created in God's image and that each of us is known by God because of that bit of God that is in each of us assures that knowledge. It is a beautiful and comforting and all-inclusive message to all living things. God is God. God is in me. God is in all living things. I can see God in myself and I can see God in all of creation. And yet, we find ourselves in the uncertainty of Piglet, right? We need assurance, and those around us need assurance. God knew that in our story. God knew the people needed a vision of resurrection. They needed to know the breath of God could enter dry bones and bring life. What happens, though, when we sidle up to someone to seek that assurance and they reject us? Um, What happens when we are told that we aren't allowed to sidle up to the people we want to sidle up against? Shame and fear start to grow. In our humanity, each of us carries so much. We are spiritual and emotional, intellectual, physical, sexual beings, and so much more. And life is really difficult. In our seeking to be reassured in this world, our desire to be known and loved, our desire to know and love, one of the areas in which we get confused and get mixed messages, um, get rejected and hurt and paralyzed by brokenness and pain, is around our sexuality. I'm going to suggest that when it comes to our sexuality and sex in general, many of us have allowed a, a Christian interpretation, Christian Interpretation of our forefathers to sow the seeds of shame in our bodies and in our minds around sex. A shame that God did not create. I wonder what you have been taught about sex from the church in your lifetime. Messages around sex that have come out of the church so often create feelings of shame and fear. What is the basis of our fear? We fear um, knowing too much about sex, more than others think we should. Or sometimes we might fear not knowing enough in certain situations. We may fear being too sexy or not being sexy enough. Um, The fear of loneliness, the fear of being free in our own sexuality because somehow we have been taught that sex is bad or wrong or only okay with very narrowly defined parameters. We fear that we will be labeled as horrors or players, or that we will use our sexual- sexuality in the wrong way. And we all could name a variety of those wrong ways. Then there's shame. We feel shame because we didn't wait for marriage to have sex. Or shame because even though we waited, we didn't want to. Um, shame that we want to have more sex uh, more often than our partners. Or shame because we want it less often. Shame because we want to have sex with people the church has told us we aren't allowed to have sex with. Um, We fear that we will be judged, that we won't be loved, that we aren't adequate, that we aren't beautiful, that we aren't enough, perhaps in life in general. But for some reason, the shame increases around issues of sexuality, particularly. I mean, seriously, how do we find sexual freedom in a Christian world of judgment and bigotry and fear and hate? How can we be sure of ourselves? Piglet sidled up to Pooh from behind. Pooh, he whispered. Yes, Piglet. Nothing, said Piglet, taking Pooh's paw. I just wanted to be sure of you. Can these bones live, God asked Ezekiel? Only you know, Lord. Prophesy to the breath, prophesy mortal, and say to the breath, breathe upon these slain, and they will live. God said, I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you on your own soil, and then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and will act, says the Lord. We can get through life with the broken parts of ourselves, continuing to hurt and be seeking healing, and most of us probably will do just that. We will walk in the world as skeletons. But could these bones live? I wonder how our lives could be different if we allowed the breath of God to enter us with life and empower us to live life more fully, to embrace all of who we are as unique and beautiful and sexual creatures. Each of us has a different story around our feelings regarding our sexual selves. Each of us has our embarrassments and fears and shames. I wonder how healing might come to us if we spent some time naming them, remembering them, calling our shames and fears to mind, and the cause of that shame and fear to mind, and then imagining them as dry skeletons thrown about in the dirt in a valley. And I wonder if we could envision those bones transforming, that shame transforming into a sense of acceptance. If judgment could pass away with the movement of the four winds through which God brings flesh and life, even life abundantly, to our beings, so that we might become more whole. And I wonder if we could sidle up to our sexual partners, not wanting anything in particular, but tell them that we just want to be sure of them, and how that assurance might peel off a layer of shame and fear. I'm not naive enough to think that healing from years of shaming and fear around sexuality is so easily found, but I also won't underestimate the power of sacred stories, like the resurrection of the bones in Ezekiel's Valley, and how these stories can transform us from inside with the power of God's breath and presence. I believe in God's power to assure us of God's presence in us, God's healing presence in us. We can come to be assured that God is God and that God is God in us and that we, that who we are as sexual beings is also pleasing to God. Be assured, my friends, that you are known and loved by God, each of you, And every part of each of you is known and loved by God. So be it.